This is Jennifer Gonzalez welcoming you to episode 12 of the Cult of Pedagogy podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how your nonverbals impact your effectiveness as a teacher. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Before we get into the episode, I want to take a minute to ask you to do a couple of things. If you've been listening to the podcast and you're enjoying it, I would love it if you would go over to iTunes and give the podcast a rating, and if you have a little more time, a quick review. The more positive reviews and ratings a podcast has, the more visible it is in iTunes. So by leaving a rating, you're helping me reach more people. Also, if you're just meeting me for the first time through this podcast, I want you to know that this is just a tiny bit of what I do. Most of my work is done on my website, cultofpedagogy.com, where I show you how to implement new teaching strategies, I review excellent books on teaching, and I just share all kinds of other resources on classroom management, educational technology, and how to make your teaching way more effective and satisfying. While you're there, click the About button and scroll down to where it says Subscribe, and from there you can get yourself on my mailing list so we can stay in touch. And if you ever have a question about your teaching or a suggestion for the podcast, go to that same About button and click on Contact, and from there you can send me an email directly. Okay, in this episode I'm talking with a guy named Jack Schroeder, who runs an organization called Teaching for Success. We are going to talk about the specific nonverbal behaviors that make teachers less effective, and how you can adjust your voice, posture, and other nonverbals to give yourself more presence and confidence in the classroom. I definitely picked up a few tips from Jack, and I know you will too. Uh, One more thing, although this episode will help all teachers, if you are a college-level teacher, especially an adjunct, you're going to have an added benefit from this one. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest, Jack Schroeder. He began his career as an airline mechanic and was hired by a local college to teach aviation technology. He had no teaching experience or training, and he basically had to learn how to teach on the job. And his experience is definitely not unique. Universities have a pretty consistent track record of hiring instructors just for their subject area expertise and not their teaching experience. So he taught for 14 years, and uh, over that time, he also got graduate training in, in education, so he learned more formally how to become a teacher. But this experience really made him want to help other teachers. So he started his organization, Teaching for Success, and their mission is to help adjunct instructors develop the skills they need to succeed in teaching. They do this through an e-mentor program. Universities actually subscribe to this to give their adjunct instructors access to all of the materials. They have a really big library of tools, and they also have an online community of other instructors and other people that serve as mentors. There are over 12,000 members on this community. So it's a great resource if you're an adjunct instructor, so check that out. They are at teachingforsuccess.com. So for all of us, Let's start improving our nonverbals. Here's my interview with Jack Schroeder. So um, one of the things that we talked about um, on the LinkedIn discussion that I wanted to focus on with you today was on teacher nonverbals and Uh on some of the things that teachers, I mean, first off, I would want to know, do you think that teacher nonverbals are an important factor in how well they can establish and maintain a classroom environment? Uh, yes, I, I do, absolutely. The key concept was, was uh, congruity, uh, con- congruence of the message 
that the speaker was uh, saying verbally or written, or let's say uh, verbally, uh, face-to-face, uh-huh. and, and the uh, nonverbal uh, cues that um, the, the listener or the viewer was picking up, mm-hmm. if those were not congruent, it, it, what that means usually to the person is there is a distrust uh, is, is pretty immediate. And, and so to, to be seen as a, a person with integrity, a value, um, someone that, that you want to listen to, uh, right away it's, it's very important that those two things match. In other words, if I say I'm interested in hearing what you have to say and yet pull my cell phone out and check my email, you know right, right away that I, you're second place. You know? Yes. Um, and, and so that's, that's the very common thing today, that the message that we're sending by our digital devices to, to people we interact with, like, well, hold on, I got a call. You know, mm-hmm. you're not as important. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so that, uh, that's just a very brief nonverbal. But others, you know, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Caesar Milan, uh, who who was a dog trainer. Yeah. <laughs> but he had a, he had a show, he, you know, uh, 10 years ago. It's very popular, maybe uh-huh. five years ago. But he would always say, you know, if you're going to walk your dog, he said, all right, shoulders back, you know, stand up, you know, tall. Mm-hmm. And, and your dog is going to notice that you are serious about, you know, walking and the behavior that you expect, uh, the dog is going to notice that you're in charge. Right, <laughs> and, right. Uh, you know, and, and that even was part of, uh, you mentioned military. Yeah, I went through, I was in the Air Force, uh, which is not the strictest of branches, but yeah. yet, um, you know, it's still the same thing. If you wanted people to, to respect an authority, it's not a title so much as a rank, but it's, it's how you, uh, uh, it's your, you know, they used to call it military bearing, which just meant you had confidence when you went in and you, did, you knew that people were going to take what you said seriously and they were going to do it. And, uh, and you believe that and that self-belief, that self-image uh, in all kinds of subtle ways is transmitted to, to the listener and they adjust their behavior uh, according to, to the belief. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that for teaching, it's the same reason. If you believe that you're walking into a bunch of, uh, you know, students who are unruly and not worth it and, and just aren't going to listen, that's exactly what you're going to get. You know, you, right. you get your belief. And that's why I kind of like go back to the psychology angle is that the mindset and the belief of, and the self-image, which are rarely talked about in, in formal teacher training, at least at the college level. We never mm-hmm. talked about that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just supposed to somehow know that, I guess. Right, yeah. <laughs> And, but it took me years, really, of trial and error and pieces of information throughout seminars and all kinds of places to kind of get a, a, a better picture of, you know, what's an optimal, uh, you know, mindset to have to go into a classroom with that will get the response back that you, that you want and not what you don't want. Right. So it, suppose a teacher really does not feel that confidence yet and they sort of have to fake it for a while. Are there, are there any things that, that, that a person can do physically? I've heard um, people say that just standing up straighter makes you actually have a little bit more confidence even when you're not feeling it. Um, it does. Absolutely. Uh, it, you know, the, I think the number one place to start is breathing. Okay. Um, and I was you know, learned this uh, experientially, personally, was that once you um, allow yourself to slow down, deep breathe, and not, uh, and 
you will slow down. You will get deeper voice. Um, you will your message will you know really come across as more important, and uh, and you will relax and you'll be able to to actually listen and to to view. Um, uh, you know, actually look at a student when they're when you're communicating, and, and while it sounds strange, what I found was that at first in the early years, I would see a group uh, of students um, if I was say like you know giving a presentation or in those days we lectured a lot more, but mm -hmm. uh, you know it, it would be a, a kind of a theater experience just like you'd, you'd see an audience, but later on when I started to really slow down and have more presence, have more feeling that I was there in the classroom and what, what was happening was okay, mm -hmm. the, the audience broke up into individual students uh, who were telling me things non-verbally about, I don't get it, or this is exciting, or tell me more about this, or this is a good thing, or this class sucks, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, just, yeah. you could see it, you know. Um, now for the, for the, uh, not you know for the uh, physically for the instructor so 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 you know learning um, you know tai chi yoga uh, those kinds of things uh, is an excellent way to learn uh, uh, breathing control and the power that that will give your uh, you know give yourself uh, and your feeling uh, and number two the studies have shown that uh, expansive uh, postures open postures um, hands and arms wide apart and stances and uh, leaning and being you know, leaning backwards or tall um, all of those give yourself power uh, and project power uh, huh. project confidence and so those those you can see through videotaping or uh, well taping video right. <laughs> video <laughs> clips yeah uh, or, or um, you know uh, people who know you can give you feedback like that if you ask, and, and we rarely do. But um, uh, spouses and uh, and you know siblings and our kids and that they know, you know, they mm -hmm. they will tell us pretty honestly if we if we'll honestly ask, and and if our egos don't get in the way, we can hear it. Yeah, you know? yeah <laughs> you right. Know? But anyway, the sources of feedback are there if we want to use them. Right. And so, so two things that I, that I heard in terms of like a takeaway would be one, sort of try to take up more space with your body as opposed to shrinking, yes. shrinking down. And you also mentioned a deeper voice. Is there something to that too? I, I believe so, yes. Um, the faster and higher we go mm -hmm. uh, in our voices, it's interpreted as nervousness and you're hiding something. <laughs> Or you're not sure of really what you're saying, mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's part of uh, the relaxed. You know, if you're not relaxed, you know, being a student, I'm sure, and being in an audience, you probably pick that up too. You go, "There's some. This is not pleasant. You're, you're nervous for the person speaking because right. they're nervous." Right. So yes, the voice will drop. Uh, the the uh, amount of inflections, the up and down of your voice, the richness of your personality will start to come through. If you can relax and uh, and, and like I said, get really be in the, at least call it in the present moment. I don't know if yeah. that's still a common term, but yeah. you know, balance and it works. And would speed of your speech also play into that? Yes, absolutely. Most of the time, a new faculty, new teachers, new presenters uh, will go much too fast for too long. You know, look at YouTube clips of top presenters. 
Notice their cadence. Um, they're not afraid to stop. Silence is an excellent tool um, when, when you're doing a presentation, uh, going through a few points. Stopping for just a few, you know, uh, 20, five, 10 seconds seems like forever. Yeah. But stopping and saying, you know, uh, and then maybe a cue as does that make sense or um, is anyone, uh, does anyone have a question at this point? Because students are, they're, they don't really like to interrupt. I mean, today they do more than they used to, but <laughs> still it's a little hard to, <laughs> yeah. for, for, the, for the quieter student to, that has a, a really a question or, or, is, or is not getting it, to be able to, to communicate that takes a break. And if you're just running through like a freight train, <laughs> they, right. you know, they, they'll never respond and you lose them. Right. You know, and I saw a video once that um, was actually talking about the phrase, does anyone have any questions, and how a lot of times students won't even respond to that because it's yes. almost too open-ended. Um, mm -hmm. And I saw a guy once talk about how you need to ask for a more specific question, like, what have I said in the last few minutes that's confusing anybody? Or what, what do you need me to explain again? Or something along those lines to get... Yes get them to be more brave, I guess, or, or clear on what they're confused about. Uh, I agree with that totally. And those are excellent, excellent uh, ways to, to ask that same thing, but a little bit better. And, and then I learned from sales, um, <laughs> what when you when the student does give you a response, let's say you want a question, you've thrown a question out mm -hmm. um, on some specific topic, and you get, you know, an answer to <laughs> Usually, in what I you know early on in the career, I go, great, okay, let's move on. You know, <laughs> got, got an answer, perfect. You know, but now you know there's two things that, that salespeople use. They'd say like, well, tell me more, or yeah. why do you say that? You uh -huh. know, I mean, those are two kind of salesy responses. But what it does is just open the door to, well, I, okay, that's an interesting thing, or um, you know. Do do others do do all of you agree with that statement? Um, oh, that's you know, a good one. Yeah. Yeah, just to, to so that again, you're not just looking for a one-word answer. Or, Great, okay, let's move on. <laughs> you know, right. Uh, when you could have an in-depth discussion, uh, simply by backing off and allowing uh, a deeper thought and, and, and uh, ask, you know, asking for more input. Right. Right. That's great. I love the idea of those follow-up statements because I, I think a lot of us would love to have sort of a real rich dynamic discussion in class but just don't know how to get it. And, and in my experience teaching college, a lot of students were very reserved. They were afraid to say anything at all, but I taught slightly more upper class. Um, I don't mean upper class economically, but they were, they were further along in college. So we didn't have as many uh, behavior issues as much as they just wanted to get in and out and get their stuff done. <laughs> exactly. We talked a little bit about nonverbals. Um, do you are you aware of certain phrases or verbal tics that teachers have um, that they should avoid using because they send the wrong message to students? Or they? Mm -hmm. uh, one of the most common is um, is to is to add a little chuckle or humor uh, frequently more than more more than it's appropriate or or that the the kind of you know, a little bit of laugh is not funny. It's not tied in with any humor. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just kind of a nervous response. And so, okay. 
you know, somebody might say, oh, that's, you know, okay, class, time to get, let's get started today, ha, huh? you know. Right. And that just, that little is so, you know, eventually it irritates people. <laughs> right, right. But it weakens the message so much that now, now I'm confused. I don't know whether you really, you know, I don't know whether, is this serious or is this, um, some sort of uh, you know lighthearted. Is the, is the instructor going like, well, this really isn't too important. You know, let's just you yeah. know kind of get through the day. Right, <laughs> right. And, and so that's one of them. The other is a, a style, and um, you know, it's I, I think it was sort of like the California Valley style or something. But it always the the end of the uh, the uh, sentence would <laughs> rise in pitch, mm -hmm. which we interpret as a question. So you can't. You, there's no way to be affirm some uh, statement or direction or something, and then lift your voice as a, as if it's a question, and yeah. the listener goes nuts. You know, they just don't. Okay, I don't know what the, you know, this person is trying to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then it, and then it's um, you know, go, I mean, eye contact is so old. I mean, that you know, the Greeks knew <laughs> that was a good thing. Uh, but it's very hard to do, and I think still today, it's a, it, you need to check: Are you really, you know, calmly and nicely looking, at, you know, communicating with a person like, wow, what you're saying is important. You know, you want to be thinking, what you're saying is important, not okay. That's great. I've heard that a thousand times before. Let's get on with it. You know, yeah. uh, because they, you know, we can read that in each other's faces. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it is an important thing to. And I, I really recommend. I really didn't see all this till I took a video uh, workshop that we spent uh, several, actually uh, three, four days, doing presentations, being videoed, and then being critiqued. And it was it was uh, a little tough on the ego. <laughs> yeah, I um, bet. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned things I would have never learned uh, because there was a professional present. Uh, presenter instructor who who had done that for years and just learned so much so uh, you know uh, I, I can't emphasize enough if if people are doing in in class in you know in front of uh, student presentations and that's part of the way they teach that they take you know ha do videos of themselves and either self-analyze but preferably sit down with somebody who knows presentations and, and uh, pick it apart a little bit you, you get better fast. Right, right, great. One of the other things that we had talked about was student nonverbals. Uh, you had mentioned in a separate discussion that uh, sometimes that students actually send us messages through their nonverbals that if teachers could be more attuned to those, we would understand kind of the underlying message and be able to res respond more appropriately. So what, what are some of those? Uh, well, it's my philosophy <laughs> that um, students' behavior is is telling me how valuable the class or the activities or that particular moment or or, or a section of time is to them. Because I know that's what I do. If I if something is not valuable, if you know a conversation, a class, a workshop. You know how many classes have taken? You know hundreds and hundreds of hours, but we we end up going. Well, I think I'll look at my book, and you know this is before cell phones, so you, or you take out a piece of paper and start scribbling, or you know right. just anything. Looking out the window, I mean, it's like oh, I got to get through this. And so what I the first thing I you know to me is I'm getting messages about how valuable this activity and the, and the my teaching. Uh, style and the whole class setup is to the student. 
if, if they're disengaging, I'm taking that as is my fault. You know, I believe they, you know, they wouldn't be there. Just about all of them would, you know, if they've come, they're expecting some value, and I need to find out what is value to those students and to see whether. Uh, through through the different teaching modalities there are and there's so many of them today that how can that how can you know what I'm doing match up to what they're feeling is valuable because I don't want to waste their time I you know one of the I hate people who waste my time uh, and I yeah. hate to, because and I don't want to do that to other people uh, in what I try to do so that's that's the first thing is to um, to listen to that others are Listen more, and not a gen, that's a general kind of respect, but, or, or a general kind of response, but also to ask students um, through uh, like one minute management uh, uh, feedback uh, questions uh, that uh, they could respond, reply maybe anonymously to uh, through a little you know index card or something, or just half sheet of paper, just tear it off and give it to me or something on the way out. But uh, just to ask them, well, what was the most you know, what was the least interesting, what was the most interesting or most helpful uh, experience today? Mm -hmm. And kind of, you know, try to try to get a, a, some feedback so that you can clue in on where, you know, what was most helpful, what wasn't, uh, as, as honestly from students as you can. Right. Now, the, the, you know, in, in, as far as setting it up to get the most positive engagement as possible, I really do believe that one is that there's, there has to be discussion of, of you know behaviors and rules and you know we're here as a group so how do we function as a group and 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 to me that it's a teamwork um, and that it just stems from my philosophy that it's, it's the it's the instructor and the student together as a team are teaming up against the the subject matters complexities and ambiguity ambiguities and, mm -hmm. and mysteries and mistakes and you know all these things we're trying to master a set of uh, hopefully outcomes the learning outcomes that are that, are, that this course is all about mm -hmm. and, and so what I recommend to teachers is don't, they often walk in and say it's you know it's it's me against the students. Yeah. It's me it's me and the content and we're we're having to you know force this on the students because they because because they're not going to pay attention. You know I have to make sure they get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a that could be a mindset that leads to a lot of disengagement. So, right. um, you, you know I, I pr prefer seeing an image when uh, going into a group is they're with me. You know I, I haven't you know especially. The first day, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, they haven't decided this is a waste yet. So right. here's my opportunity. You've got to start off. We got to start off with value, and one of the values of any community is what's how do we get along together? We all, we're diverse. We have you know some of us are cranky, some of us are not uh -huh. introverted, extroverted. You know, okay, so let's set up you know uh, some rules. Now here's here's the way I norm you know, and I set up in, in the syllabus a normal set of behaviors which I feel are are very important uh, mm -hmm. with some experience you know you're the experienced person hopefully and you say well to get this you know over the past uh, few years I've noticed this is uh, these are these roles are really important to getting progress again for us to move on and, and to get you know progress against the content here's what we got to do and and then to get buy-in because can, if you don't get buy-in and just go well, here's the rules take it or leave it yeah um, again you missed an opportunity and, and those who who you know take some time to 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 give their consent 
uh, if, if you do this publicly in the class the first time, uh, your first meeting, and, and say, oh, okay, let's, uh, you know, here they are, uh, now here's the time to object or, you mm. know, uh, modify, mm -hmm. uh, does, you know, how are we doing, anybody have any, you know, heartburn on any of these, and can you live yeah. with these, and what do you think, yeah, okay, and let's, let's all sign, okay, here, I want you to sign off in your syllabus that these rules are good, and you're going to, and you, you support them. Right. Yeah, so, you know, just by whatever technique to get some buy in. And I think that helps so much uh, in, in avoiding, you know, uh, behavior and, and disruptive problems. Yeah. Uh, I really, I love that idea of uh, presenting your relationship with students as a team um, facing the content together. I think that, that to me, I've never heard that before. And I think it, it really would put students, especially at the college level, at a really different kind of mindset. And I think it could be used at the middle and high school level too, really, because yes. they're they're becoming adults at that point, and that's the relationship that they should eventually want to have with anybody who is a teacher or a mentor or anything along Absolutely. those lines. Thank you so much, Jack, for giving us this time. Sure, no problem, that's, that's fine. I enjoyed it, uh, Jennifer, it's nice, nice indeed meeting with you and uh, enjoyed uh, the conversation very much. You Thank too. you. Again, to learn more about improving your work as an adjunct instructor, visit teachingforsuccess.com. And as always, come visit cultofpedagogy.com for tons of resources to help you kick mountains of butt in your teaching. Have a great day.